This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. The digital age commodifies our attention often without us realizing it. How can we open our eyes to the resulting dangers and the damage that can happen to our souls? Keep listening to find out more about Jay Kim's Analog Christian, a follow-up to his previous book, Analog Church. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Presented by Innervar City Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwen. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 24, through chapter 6, verse 15. Simeon's Descendants The descendants of Simeon, Nimuel, Jamin, Jerob, Zerah, Sheol, his son Shalem, his son Mibsam, and his son Mishma. The descendants of Mishma, his son Hamuel, his son Zakor, his son Shimei. Shimei had sixteen sons and six daughters, but his brothers did not have many sons, so their whole clan was not as numerous as the sons of Judah. They lived in Beersheba, Moladah, Hazar Shuel, Bilhah, Ezem, Tolad, Bethuel, Hormah, Ziklag, Beth Merkaboth, Hazar Susim, Beth Birai and Sha'ararim. These were their towns until the reign of David. Their settlements also included Etam, Ayan, Rimon, Toshan, and Ashan, five towns, along with all their settlements that surrounded these towns as far as Baal. These were the places where they lived. They kept genealogical records. Their clan leaders were Meshobab, Jamlek, Joshai, son of Amaziah, Joel, Jehu, son of Joshibiah, son of Sariah, son of Asiel, Elioniah, Jacobah, Jeshohiah, Asiah, Adiel, Jezimiel, Benaniah, Ziza, son of Shippai, son of Elon, son of Jedidiah, son of Shimri, son of Shemiah. These who are named above were the leaders of their clans. Their extended families increased greatly in numbers. They went to the entrance of Gedor to the east of the valley, looking for pasture for their sheep. They found fertile and rich pasture. The land was very broad, undisturbed, and peaceful. Indeed, some Hamites had been living there before that. The men whose names are listed came during the time of King Hezekiah of Judah and attacked the Hamites' settlement 
as well as the Meunites, they discovered there, and they wiped them out, as can be seen to this very day. They dispossessed them, for they found pasture for their sheep there. Five hundred men of Simeon, led by Pelatiah, Zeriah, Riphiah, and Uziel, sons of Ishai, went to the hill country of Seir and defeated the rest of the Amalekite refugees. They live there to this very day. Chapter 5. Reuben's Descendants The sons of Reuben, Israel's firstborn. Now he was the firstborn, but when he defiled his father's bed, his rights as firstborn were given to the sons of Joseph, Israel's son. So Reuben is not listed as firstborn in the genealogical records. Though Judah was the strongest among his brothers and a leader descended from him, the right of the firstborn belonged to Joseph. The sons of Reuben, Israel's firstborn, Hanak, Palu, Hezron, and Carmi, the descendants of Joel, his son Shimeiah, his son Gog, his son Shimei, his son Micah, his son Riah, his son Baal, his son Birah, whom King Tigla-Pelassar of Assyria carried into exile. Birah was the tribal leader of Reuben. His brothers by their clans as listed in their genealogical records. The leader of Jeel, Zechariah, and Bela, son of Azaz, son of Shema, son of Joel. They lived in Aroer as far as Nebo in baal Meon. In the east they settled as far as the entrance to the wilderness that stretches to the Euphrates River, for their cattle had increased in numbers in the land of Gilead. During the time of Saul, they attacked the Hagrites and defeated them. They took their territory in the entire eastern region of Gilead. Gad's descendants. The descendants of Gad lived near them in the land of Bashan, as far as Selikah. They included Joel the leader, Shaphan the second in command, Jenei, and Shaphat in Bashan. Their relatives listed according to their families included Michael, Meshliam, Sheba, Jurei, Jachin, Zia, and Eber, seven in all. These were the sons of Abihel, son of Hurai, son of Jeroah, son of Gilead, son of Michael, son of Jeshishai, son of Jado, son of Buzz. Ahaz, son of Abdiel, son of Gunai, was the leader of the family. They lived in Gilead, in Bashan, in its surrounding settlements, and in the pasture lands of Sharon to their very borders. All of them were listed in the genealogical records in the time of King Jotham of Judah and in the time of King Jeroboam of Israel. The Reubenites, Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh had 44,760 men in their combined armies, warriors who carried shields and swords, were equipped with bows, and were trained for war. They attacked the Hagrites, Jetor, Nafish, and Nodab. They received divine help in fighting them, and the Hagrites and their allies were handed over to them. They cried out to God during the battle. He responded to their prayers because they trusted in him. They seized the Hagrites' animals, including 50,000 camels, 250,000 sheep, and 2,000 donkeys. They also took captive 100,000 people. Because God fought for them, they killed many of their enemy. They dispossessed the Hagrites and lived in their land until the exile. The Half-Tribe of Manasseh The Half-Tribe of Manasseh settled in the land from Bashan as far as Baal Hermon, Sinir, and Mount Hermon. They grew in number. These were the leaders of their families, Ephur, Ishai, Eliel, Azrael, Jeremiah, Hodaziah, and Jadiel. They were skilled warriors, men of reputation, and leaders of their families. They were unfaithful to the God of their ancestors and worshipped instead the gods of the native peoples whom God had destroyed before them. 
So the God of Israel stirred up King Pool of Assyria, that is, King Tiglath-Pileser of Assyria, and he carried away the Reubenites, Gadites, and half-tribe of Manasseh, and took them to Hala, Habor, Hara, and the river of Gozan, where they remain to this very day. Chapter 6. Levi's Descendants The sons of Levi, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari, the sons of Kohath, Amram, Izhar, Hebron, and Uziel, the children of Amram, Aaron, Moses, and Miriam, the sons of Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. Eleazar was the father of Phinehas, and Phinehas was the father of Abishua. Abishua was the father of Bukai, and Bukai was the father of Uzai. Uzai was the father of Zariah, and Zariah was the father of Marioth. Marioth was the father of Amariah, and Amariah was the father of Ahitab. Ahitab was the father of Zadok, and Zadok was the father of Ahimaz. Ahimaz was the father of Azariah, and Azariah was the father of Johanan. Johanan was the father of Azariah, who served as a priest in the temple Solomon built in Jerusalem. Azariah was the father of Amariah, and Amariah was the father of Ahitub. Ahitub was the father of Zadok, and Zadok was the father of Shalem. Shalem was the father of Hilkiah, and Hilkiah was the father of Azariah. Azariah was the father of Sariah, and Sariah was the father of Jehozadak. Jehozadak went into exile when the Lord sent the people of Judah and Jerusalem into exile by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar. New Testament reading. Acts chapter 18, verses 1 through 17. Paul at Corinth. After this, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. Then he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla. Because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to depart from Rome, Paul approached them. And because he worked at the same trade, he stayed with them and worked with them, for they were tent makers by trade. He addressed both Jews and Greeks in the synagogue every Sabbath, attempting to persuade them. Now when Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul became wholly absorbed with proclaiming the word, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. When they opposed him and reviled him, he protested by shaking out his clothes and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am guiltless. From now on I will go to the Gentiles. Then Paul left the synagogue and went to the house of a person named Titius Justus, a Gentile who worshipped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. Crispus, the president of the synagogue, believed in the Lord together with his entire household, and many of the Corinthians who heard about it believed and were baptized. The Lord said to Paul by a vision in the night, Do not be afraid, but speak and do not be silent, because I am with you, and no one will assault you to harm you, because I have many people in this city. So he stayed there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. Paul before the proconsul, Gallio. Now while Gallio was proconsul of Asatia, the Jews attacked Paul together and brought him before the judgment seat, saying, This man is persuading people to worship God in a way contrary to the law. But just as Paul was about to speak, Gallio said to the Jews, If it were a matter of some crime or serious piece of villainy, I would have been justified in accepting the complaint of you Jews. But since it concerns points of disagreement about words and names and your own law, settle it yourselves. I will not be judge of these things. Then he had them forced away from the judgment seat. So they all seized 
Sothenaeus, the president of the synagogue, and began to beat him in front of the judgment seat. Yet none of these things were of any concern to Gallio. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Chapter 16, A Collection to Aid Jewish Christians. With regard to the collection for the saints, please follow the directions that I gave to the churches of Galatia. On the first day of the week, each of you should set aside some income and save it to the extent that God has blessed you, so that a collection will not have to be made when I come. Then when I arrive, I will send those whom you approve with letters of explanation to carry your gift to Jerusalem. And if it seems advisable that I should go also, they will go with me. Paul's plans to visit. But I will come to you after I have gone through Macedonia, for I will be going through Macedonia, and perhaps I will stay with you, or even spend the winter so that you can send me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not want to see you now in passing, since I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord allows. But I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost, because a door of great opportunity stands wide open for me, but there are many opponents. Now if Timothy comes, see that he has nothing to fear among you, for he is doing the Lord's work, as I am too. So then, let no one treat him with contempt, but send him on his way in peace, so that he may come to me, for I am expecting him with the brothers. With regard to our brother Apollos, I strongly encouraged him to visit you with the other brothers, but it simply was not his intention to come now. He will come when he has the opportunity. Final challenge and blessing. Stay alert. Stand firm in the faith. Show courage. Be strong. Everything you do should be done in love. Now, brothers and sisters, you know about the household of Stephanus. That is the first converts of Asatia. They devoted themselves to ministry for the saints. I urge you also to submit to people like this and to everyone who cooperates in the work and labors hard. I was glad about the arrival of Stephanus. Fortunatus and Achaicus, because they have supplied the fellowship with you that I lacked, for they refreshed my spirit and yours. So then, recognize people like this, the churches in the province of Asia, sending greetings to you. Aquila and Priscilla greet you warmly in the Lord, with the church that meets in their house. All the brothers and sisters send greetings. Greet one another with a holy kiss. I, Paul, send this greeting with my own hand. Let anyone who has no love for the Lord be accursed. Our Lord, come. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. My love be with all of you in Christ Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Holy and righteous and merciful God, we thank you for another day, another opportunity to get in your word, to hear about your character and to hear about your plan of redemption for your people, a plan that you knew all about before the foundations of the earth, O oh God, a plan that at times is a mystery to us, that is bewildering. And, and, and honestly, O oh God, sometimes we are uh, overwhelmed by what is happening, what's before our eyes. But we thank you for the gracious way that you allow us to see through your word, redemptive history unfolding. What a unique gift that you have given to this generation, O oh God. As I imagine that those who are living at the times of these passages are experiencing it real time and, and are not given the, the ability to look back on that moment, but yet you have given that to us today, believers of this generation and generations following the scriptures. 
that we can look back on it and we can glean and see what you were weaving together throughout history, O oh God. I pray, O oh Lord, that that would actually encourage us, that we would not take that for granted, that we would not dismiss that. This kindness that you have given to us, that you have allowed us to see through our vantage point in this generation of Christians, different moments throughout redemptive history. And by looking at that, O oh God, I, I pray that you would strengthen our faith that we would be able to look at the testimony and the stories and the lives of our older brothers and sisters in the faith, O oh God, the Apostle Paul and Priscilla and Aquila and many others, O oh God, that we would be able to look back on your faithfulness in their lives, the way in which you use them, O oh God, to build and to strengthen this movement of believers in the very beginning to who we are today, this larger body of Christ reflecting every nation, tribe, and tongue throughout your world, O oh God. Thank you for allowing us to see what you have revealed through history, that you are faithful. And God, would you help us to see that in our lives today? Would you help us to look back over our lives and to see, oh God, that you were there, that you bore witness, that you were intervening, that you are not aloof and standoffish. You do not disregard us, but you are at work in a very real and tangible way in our lives. You are at work through the mundane and the miraculous from day to day and moment to moment granting us every breath that we have, leading us home as you have knitted us into this story of redemption. We thank you, O oh God, for this reminder that all that we do must be done in love. This reminder that the Apostle Paul gave in his, his own hand to the church, O oh Lord, in Corinth, that he reminded them that to do all things in love is our way. And so we pray, oh God, that you would pour out your spirit, that we would be really and truly loving people, not superficially nice, not apathetic, uh, not covering up injustice, but people filled with kindness and mercy and compassion and justice, oh God. And so we need the spirit to do that, that we would greet each other, oh Lord, with kindness within the body of Christ. Help us to do this. Would you heal the wounds that are there? Would you cause those who have wounded others to repent? Would you cause them to confess and tell the whole truth about themselves? Would you cause us, O oh God, to take stock and to pursue restorative justice and that we might be really and truly reconciled, not superficially reconciled, but knitted together in a real way, visibly as a witness of your love, your persevering love, O oh God, to the world around us. We need your healing today, not only for the world, but we need your healing for the church, for the body of Christ. So, oh God, come by here. Come by here. Come by to your church that you have promised to uphold, to not cause to fade away, but that you will return for. And so we pray even now that you would heal the body of Christ, that you would help her to be known for compassion and gratitude and deep generosity, to be known for repentance that is substantive, Repentance that actually cost us something, oh God. For you are our Lord Jesus Christ and you know all about living in a way that cost you something. For you gave it all on our behalf. So I pray, oh God, that we would not live as people who are bound by this ideology of scarcity, that are bound by this ideology of scarcity, but instead we would know that there is enough grace to tell the truth and that we are called to sacrifice for your name's sake. And so let that sacrifice show up today in kindness and confession and repentance and repair. 
even within the body of Christ. Let it be so, O God. Thank you for your kindness and mercy to us. And we ask for the strength to be obedient to you, the love to be obedient to you in the small and large things, even today. In Christ's name we pray, amen. In Analog Christian, author Jay Kim explores how followers of Jesus should respond to the digital age, which inclines us toward discontentment, fragility, and foolishness. He also discusses the theological basis for living in creative resistance to the forces of our day and how Christians can cultivate the contentment, resilience, and wisdom to not only survive, but to thrive in this age. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, the word, that's promo code T H E. W-O-R-D at ivpress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag get in the word and hashtag truthstable. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee. Let's go.